We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does everyone need customer support today? We've got you. Intercom has the tools to manage support at any scale, like integrations, bots, and more. All in one powerful platform. We'll even automatically resolve 33% of your support volume, so you have more time for customers who need you most. Oh, that's better. Supercharge your team's productivity and make your customers super happy with Intercom. Learn more at intercom.com support. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. Well, it's another week and it's just the guys in the garage. This week we are going to talk about the big news of the week for the Cleveland Indians. They trade Mike Clevenger to the San Diego Padres for a whole group of players. We're going to talk about what we like, what we don't like, and the implications on the team. Plus, we're going to talk about, has Shane Bieber already locked up the Cy Young Award? As well as some Browns news, some Cavs news, and Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars. We got all that plus our Garage Beers of the Week, so come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome, everybody, to another edition, the 26th edition of the Garage Beers podcast with you as always. From over here on the west side of Cleveland, I am Michael Keefe. You can find me on Twitter at Garage Beers Mike. Also, you can find the show on Twitter at The Garage Beers. Same thing on Instagram. With me, as always, my two co-hosts over on the east side of Cleveland, my buddy Chad Meyer. You can find him on Twitter at Garage Beers Chad. What's going on, Chad? Guys, huge, huge season premiere last night. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys caught it, but The Office... I don't know if you've ever watched it or not before, but um, yeah, I, it's on Netflix. Uh, I, I, I watched it and, and I just binged the whole entire first season, six episodes. It was, it was great. It was great. Is that a new show then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> I, 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 I could have swore I've seen it, but maybe not. Well, yeah. I mean, Steve Carell, <laughs> some guy called Dwight. So, <laughs> Yeah, some 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 guy named Stanley who can't play basketball for shit. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, oh, so you have seen it? Wait, oh, is it not new? One of my one of my favorite all time shows, and I never watched an episode while it was live. Uh, Katie and I caught up on it just a few years ago. We just binged every episode, and it was awesome. Oh, so it's so, a 
series premiere for me. So it was just correct. Yeah, it was just yeah. We didn't need to tell you that. It's brand new, Chad. Nobody's ever seen oh. it. You're ahead of the game. Oh, sweet! God, I'm ahead of my time. I'm ahead so of my time. We got Chad ahead of the game. Meyer over on the east side, and uh, again, normally in Nashville, but up here visiting us in Cleveland on the far west side. We got Joey Whalen. What's going on, Joe? You guys remember like the Tiger King? You mentioned this in the top of the episode, Mike, but the Tiger King portion of quarantine and staying at home and COVID stuff like oh jeez literally feels like a different time remember so how long, long ago. ago that was yeah and it's September I, I have yeah. a pumpkin beer or like a harvest beer I it's crazy sure do miss, I sure do miss the Tiger King slash stimulus check portion of quarantine <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it was more fun it was, it was more a better time it was yeah. a simpler time <laughs> it was the best of times it was the worst of times <laughs> Uh, the only thing I don't miss about that time of quarantine was, uh, if you'll remember, I was hanging wallpaper on this ceiling right above my head, oh, and that sucked. Right. That's right. So. <laughs> that's right. I'm still I'm still waiting on your uh, your uh, uh, Sistine Chapel mural uh, replication. Just a naked mic. Listen, sir. Touching fingertips. Touching I don't fingertips. Know how many times I have to tell you I'm not sending you my nudes? You don't have to tell me. You can just. <laughs> 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 all right so we're ready we got a good episode we're gonna have a little bit of fun here tonight but before we get into all the stuff we want to talk about from the sports world from this last week of course as always we got to lead things off with our garage beers of the week and i think the honors this week are going to go to chad meyer chad what is, what's your garage beer of the week this week me me oh gosh i'd like to thank the academy oh uh okay Guys, so this is a brewery oh. that I, I only heard of a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, I've never heard of it before then. I saw them on Instagram, and they were advertising this. It's, it's the Cherry Chassis, right? It's, it's their Cherry Vanilla IPA. Mm. And the, uh, you know, and you know me. Like, I, 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 I don't willingly choose IPAs, but this one just sounded delicious. And it's called Twin Oast Brewing. Twin Oast brewing it's uh, located in catawba island um catawba island in ohio here and their, their big thing can, is, can i stop um, you for a second what can you say brewing one more time Bre- <laughs> oh Ooh, is that a tough one for you Tw- twin us Bre- brewing brewing Bre- it's like it's all right like it's like rolads okay it's like Bre- rolads it's a tough word uh but their big their big thing is uh farm to fermenter so they have their own farm surrounding this brewery, and uh, they use all the ingredients from their farm. So uh, it, it's very fresh. I can't wait to try it. And I'm pouring it into my glass right now. A lot ahead, just like you said. While you, while you pour, I, I will say Twin Oast is awesome. If you've not been out there, you know, it's just out past like Cedar Point and all that. And you go across the bay, and it's out there on Catawba. And uh, – it is, it's a great place to hang out. It's mostly outside, but they do have an indoor place. They got pretty decent food. The beer's usually pretty good. Uh, last time I was there, it wasn't a super hit, but it was very, uh, it was very COVID oriented. So they didn't have most of their stuff, but really, really cool place. It's good for families. It's good for non-families. It's good for everything. So Twin Oaks Brewery, shout out to you. It's great. I'm not even kidding. This might be like my favorite beer I've had since we've started this whole podcast. Really? That's delicious. It's delicious. 
it's smooth it's it's a little hoppy but it's well balanced on the other side it's juicy it's my first juice uh, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, right. I, I, I would highly recommend it. Awesome. All right, so Twin Oast making their first appearance on the Garage Beers podcast. Joe, what's your Garage Beer of the Week? Oh, my Garage Beer of the Week. We're going down to Southern Tier Brewing Company. And okay. we have the Harvest Autumn IPA. Nice. It's, it's good. It's uh, it's like uh, it's, it's a fall autumn IPA. Uh got some like uh, a little bit of sweetness to it pretty hoppy um and makes you want to put on a sweater so they say in fall <laughs> unfortunately so it's, it's a bit toasty out there for that at this point although the temps are starting to drop i love it so southern tier makes yet another appearance uh on the garage beers podcast which is always okay and i i've got a repeater as well uh I am going to take it down to Athens, Ohio, to Jackie O's Brewery, uh, and I have their Covert Reality, which is a hazy double IPA, uh, and it is, uh, Jackie O's is just a really, really good brewery. They make a lot of good beers. Uh, they make some, I've had a couple duds, but most of them are good beers. This falls into the category of maybe my favorite at least readily accessible beer that I've had from uh, Jackie O's. It is awesome. Uh, again, the double IPA, uh, but also that hazy New England style, just a killer beer. If you see the covert reality by Jackie O's out there anywhere, pick it up. It is delicious. Uh, so well, I've been this off. This is a repeat. So this is a repeater brewery? Like, like It's a repeater oh, brewery. Like, Oh, you haven't had this beer on the podcast. Though. I have not had this beer on the podcast. I've had this brewery okay. on the podcast. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Don't okay. judge me. Don't judge me. No, what I only got? judge you not to your face. I will not judge you to your face. Well, I appreciate that. So we've got <laughs> Southern Tier, we've got Twin Oast, and we've got Jackie O's. Those are our garage breweries of the week, and those are our garage beers of the week. Cheers to you guys, and cheers, cheers to you, the listeners out there. Now it's time to get into uh, to get into a little fun. And listen, the big news of the week in Cleveland uh, was that the Major League Baseball trade deadline was Monday. And if you're anything like me, you sat there as all day pretty much and just refreshed Twitter and refreshed Twitter and refreshed Twitter. Uh, and eventually, late in the morning, uh, word officially broke, even though he was tweeting about going to California the night before, word officially broke that the Padres and the Indians made a deal for Indian starting pitcher, Mike Clevenger. And so Clev went with Greg Allen uh, and a player to be named later out to San Diego. And the return for the Indians was like six San Diego Padres that came back a few of them from the major leagues and a few uh, prospects. Uh, but really every player that came back was went, ranked very highly in the uh, prospects uh, list for the Padres organization. And, and so uh, guys, I don't know. Uh, just uh, let's just start off with with just kind of thoughts behind the trade and uh, and your initial impressions when it happened. Joe, you want to oh. take it? You want to go? Um, you want me to? Yeah, go? I'll go. Uh, I was okay. pumped. I mean, um, look, like you knew something was going to happen after Plezak got caught 
and then Clevenger got caught lying. One of them was going to go, if not both of them. They decided to keep the younger pitcher uh, that they have more team control on. Um, and with the depth that the Indian ha- Indians have in their rotation, it's just kind of a no-brainer to trade one of them. Um, and you really can't be surprised just based on how this front office runs. Um, so they're looking for not only someone to have an immediate impact in the majors, um, but they also aren't going to do a trade like this without getting at least a couple of prospects. I think they comp- accomplished both with getting Naylor, getting Quantrill. Uh, you have some really quick immediate impacts at the major league level. There's a lot of people out there that I think are mad about not getting that big outfield bat. Um, but I don't understand how you're not surprised that they didn't do that. That's not how this front office works. It's not how it ever worked. They tried that with Encarnacion a couple years ago, and that failed miserably. Um, this is not a front office that's going to take – yeah, it failed – it's not a front office that's going to take a chance on those big contracts, those big uh, players that they're going to have to put a lot of money towards. I think they have a lot of confidence that they can win within. And I think this trade shows that they're trying to um, build a team that's going to last post Lindor uh, in that future era. So I'm pretty excited about it. I, I just, I, I don't know. Everything you said was smart and intelligent, well thought out, but I, I, I mean, I guess they didn't win the World Series with Encarnacion, but I don't think Encarnacion failed. I mean, he was a productive player here. He he it did was, exactly what you he did exactly what you thought he was going to do. He didn't hit for a ton of average like he never does, and he hit a ton of bombs. I mean, yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't get you to the World Series though. No, but yeah, that doesn't mean he fa- like. I think they look. At, I think they look at that and just say like, yes, you can get the production you expect out of that player, but like, we don't need that to be successful. We already have. Uh, pitching in place, we have enough core players in place that we think we can be successful. Yeah. Fair. Chad, what was your thought when you first saw the club deal? Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know at first I was like, okay, so there's these six guys. I, who the hell are these guys? So, you know, but I, I, I had to look them up and, you know, after I read a little bit about them and listened to reaction on the radio, I, I was happy with it. I, I mean, I wasn't, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm thrilled because I have no idea what these guys are going to do, you know, between the three prospects uh, and the three major leaguers. You know, yeah, we did get three major leaguers back, but they're not exactly, uh, you know, they're not exactly the, the guys we need, the guys that are, that are going to get us over that hump. Yeah, they're going to help us out at the major league level. They will, you know, but Naylor and Quantrill are having their best years uh, as a major leaguer. This well, they're year. young. They're young. And like so, Naylor's so, what, 23, 24 years old? Right. Yeah. He's, but so he's young. He's a baby. Sure. So hopefully, but hopefully they're, they, they'll be able to continue that progress into this year. But, you know, uh, so my initial reaction after that was, uh, you know, after I looked up, looked these guys up, you know, I liked it. You know, the, everybody wanted this big middle-of-the-order bat, but the Indians have middle-of-the-order hitters right now. They have legitimate middle-of-the-order hitters. They needed that production in 7, and 8, and 9, and that's exactly what Naylor and Hedges can give you. <laughs> you know, but, you know, everybody wants them to make this big splash, but like Joe said, that's not in the Indians' repertoire. Those opportunities to get that big, legit middle-of-the-order hitter are few and far between for the Indians. Well, And what uh, team out there? Here's, here's my thing. 
what te- everybody makes it sound like, oh, if you're going to trade Clevenger, you got to bring back a middle of the order. What team out there is just giving away a middle of the order bat? Like, what team? You, did you see what the Rangers were asking for Joey Gallo? No. The Rangers not. wanted, like, two young Major League Baseball ready, play, like, players in baseball plus prospects. Yeah. And for Joey Gallo. A- that hits and like he's just a poor man's version of Adam Dunn. Right. He's a he's a poor man's version of Adam Dunn. <laughs> and I like he's a better I, look he's a better looking skinnier version of Adam Dunn. But well, and I think Joey Gallo, like if they would have announced a trade, I'd have been pumped because I think he can be productive. I think he's a, a a low average but high power slash RBI guy. So I'd have been excited for it. But like after what I saw, what they were asking for him, if they, if the Indians would have given that up, I'd have been pissed. Like, what are you doing? Right. So everybody's out there talking like they were supposed to get this middle of the order bat. Chad, you asked me to chime in on, on a Facebook post. And I was like, I'm not going to, because these guys are talking as if, as if there were just teams out there going, Hey, listen, like the Yankees were out there going, listen, we'll give you uh, Aaron judge. If you give us Clevenger, like that's, that wasn't (laughs) happening. You know what I mean? Like, like the Padres were supposed to give up Tatis for Clevenger. And here's the other thing. And I, I made this point in my video a little bit, but to expand upon it a little bit, I don't, I mean, I, it's good that he was, Clevenger was a really good pitcher. Clevenger was never our ace. Clevenger is not an ace. You can say he'd be an ace on some pitching staffs. Those would not be good pitching staffs. And that doesn't mean he's not a good pitcher. It doesn't mean he's not really talented, but like, Again, when you have an ace of a staff, like we with the Indians are very lucky to have Shane Bieber. Every time that guy pitches, you think you're going to win that game, right? Right. Is there ever a time that Shane Bieber takes the mound where you're like, I don't know about this, this matchup? No. That's no. what an ace is. That's how, that's how forever the Dodgers felt when Kershaw took the mound. That's, that's how teams feel when their ace takes the mound. Do you feel like that with Clevenger? Nope. No. no, no, no. I feel like I feel like the, I feel like I, it, Clevenger was a guy where when he took them on, I was like, okay, there's a good chance, but it wasn't right, like, yeah. a, like a like a lockdown like 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 Bieber is. Like but I would he, say, you know, probably seventy percent of the chance, seventy percent of the time, it's like, yeah, we're probably going to get a win, but like thirty percent of the time, Clev's going to get knocked around a little bit. And not to bring this yeah. back to Lindor, but. You know, one of the biggest gripes is like, well, if we're going to trade Lindor, why don't we just trade him so we can get something for him? Well, there you go. They did that with Clevenger. Right. They got him while right. he is hot. He can right. be traded to a team where he can get a good return from, and they took advantage of that opportunity. I yeah, just don't. I mean, I mean, and the difference is the difference between uh, the trading Lindor and trading Clevenger, though, is you take Lindor's bat out of this lineup, out of an already like streaky, mostly stagnant lineup even though, yeah, they've been playing better lately, that basically kills the Indians. The problem with the Indians isn't, it isn't pitching. That's what that, those are their assets. They have well, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, with, here's the other thing with Clevenger though. Like, I, I don't mean to like, I don't mean to say anything. Again, I don't mean this as like a terribly bad thing. Hey, hey, you Clevenger quit watching is, and talk. Clevenger you quit is, watching and talk. Clevenger is a really good pitcher. Yeah. But like, so I don't mean this in a bad way to this other guy, but Clevenger to me is very much like Carrasco. Like Carrasco is going to go out there a whole bunch of times and put up really good pitching outings. Like he did the last time he pitched put out, he was great, 
But Carrasco's going to get knocked around every once in a while. Is Carrasco an ace? No. He's just a good pitcher. It's a guy you so, want on your staff. Yeah, absolutely. And Clevenger's a guy you want on your staff. But when you have Carrasco and Clevenger and Plesak and Savale and now Tristan McKenzie, and you got all these guys, like there's nobody bad on the staff. Then, and, and you factor in now, again, now let's bring this into this too, because I get it. Once you have this breakup, you're going to try to make it as amiable as possible. So when Chris Antonetti was asked, you know, did the situation in Chicago play a role? He said, no, absolutely not. This was purely baseball, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I get it, Chris. I don't care that you just lied to our faces, but you did just lie to all of our faces. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Of course that came. And actually, I'm glad that that came into play. His teammates were so clearly pissed off at right. that situation. This isn't just, I don't care whether you think it was a big deal or not. You know, you're going to have all the people out there that are like, oh, it's not even that big of a deal. COVID's not even a big deal. People should be able to go, okay, fine. I don't care. The fact of the matter is his teammates agreed that they were going to approach things a certain way. And he, A, broke that trust by going out in the first place, but then B, shattered that trust by lying about it, letting police act take a fall for it, and then getting on an airplane with the team. So, like, I think I think the rift that he formed by those actions, plus the fact that the Indians have such a strong pitching staff that they can just deal from that position of strength, I think that all played into why he got traded. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, I think if Chicago doesn't happen, I think Clevenger is still here, but, you know, it, it did. I think it caused a divide in the locker room. I mean, you even saw it, Oliver Perez was threatening to opt out if Clevenger was still there. So yeah, it's, we love you, Chris. We trust you in baseball moves, but you could have been honest. You could have said that, that, yeah, it definitely played a role. So uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the depth, the pitching depth that we have, you know, I, I trust it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Granted Shane Bieber is the only guy that we can put out there and hand the ball to and say, go beat him. And he will. But it's the other pitchers are developing. Savale and McKenzie, you know, McKenzie's getting more comfortable by the start. Savale's been amazing. Yeah. Savale, Savale's, I mean, is being compared to the next Corey Kluber. Still, uh, so he's, he's the only pitcher in, uh, no, not the only pitcher in baseball, but he's still, uh, of no matter what, he still, he has pitched six innings in every start, Savale. Yeah. Even, yeah. even his and last outing the other night, he wasn't great, but he went six innings. And what are bad those called, folks? Quality starts. Yeah, one bad inning. Quality starts. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I, I do think that Clevenger would have probably been on the block even without the incident in Chicago. I don't know that they would have been as motivated to deal him as they were, but I think he was going to be on the block. I think he was always going to be the pitcher that was on the block. Um, but, but yeah, and, and the return. Listen, I'm with you, especially the young guys. I've never seen him play. I, I've read about them. I've read about the young shortstop that everybody's all excited about. I've I've, I've read about these guys. I don't I, I don't I don't know for sure, but I I do know this. I I I I have watched Josh Naylor play. I think that dude. I, I think even if, again, you may not be talking about an all star, but that dude and his swing has 
275, 280 with 15 to 20 homers and like 70 RBIs every year written all over it. And, that's and if that's your, your starting left fielder, spot. if that's your starting left fielder compared to what we've been trotting out into the outfield, it's <laughs> an incredible, it, everybody's talking about this year. That's an incredible improvement for this year. That is an incredible improvement. From your seven, eight, or nine hitter, that's exactly what you need. That's exactly what you need. And, you know, for, and the thing is, I don't get when, I don't get when people, when people are upset about the return of players that the Indians get uh, for the main reason being people seem to put these expectations on the Dolans. I mean, I know they're in a, the Indians are in a winning window right now, but they seem to put these expectations on the Dolans that they can just go out and you know, get an Aaron judge. You know, they can go out and get, I, I don't know, whoever the next Mike Trout. Yeah, it's like they I mean, don't, don't learn. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they don't learn, but, uh, but you know exactly what you're getting from this front office and the Dolans right now, you know, it's not going to be a big splash. You know, the Indians have to consistently think about the present and the future and, and, and they're just not going to get those big names that you're expecting. And that's that, what that's I was. why they have to rely. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. That's what I was saying earlier is, and that's why I like this trade so much is like you have immediate impact. that's going to help you with the title contention this year. And then you might have the next Michael Brantley or CC Sabathia coming over from San or not CC uh, or I guess CC or Corey Kluber or the next prospect that could be your next star in Cleveland. Uh, and I, I think yeah. I appreciate that a ton from them because they're always thinking about, all right, how are we going to fill this gap when we lose the door in uh, two years? How are we going to make up for that huge hole that's going to be in our offense and then our defense? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just makes sense, I think. When you brought up Michael Brantley and, and that to me, and, and partially because I read it, uh, but also now just having watched, um, that was the guy that Naylor was, when they, when they brought back Naylor, they were like, he's got a lot of Michael Brantley qualities attached to him. He's got an inside out swing. He hits the ball all over the field. Not a big power guy, never going to be a big power guy, but just a really good hitter, a really good player. Okay. Well, if we just brought back a guy like that, Sweet. Cal Quantrill is a rock steady first round pick type pitcher. He might not be a starter. He might just be, become a bullpen guy, but he could be your like seventh inning guy. Uh, the way he throws. Okay. So if that came back, that helps us this year. Austin Hedges couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. He is Austin Hedges. You came to a team with three of the worst, two of the worst hitting catchers. And you, you might be as bad as both of them, Austin Hedges. But again, <laughs> defensively, so the Indians now employ the top two defensive catchers in baseball in Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. So, okay, uh, at least you've got guys out there that are just – people do not understand the value of catching a, a game. Not as far as throwing runners out and all that bullshit, just catching a game, calling a game from behind the plate and catching a game and how valuable that is. Well, you got the two best guys in baseball are on your team now. So, you know, if, if the young guys develop into stars, sweet, but I think everybody's like, I don't know if the Indians got better for this year. I kind of think they did. I mean, I I don't mean to take away from Mike Clevenger, but if, if Zach Plesak is as good as he's been, which he seems to be as a, as a, you know, according to his start yesterday, 
if Tristan McKenzie is the real deal, which according to tonight, Tristan McKenzie is the real deal, six shutout innings, you've just replaced Clevenger and you got multiple MLB players that improved your team. So yeah, I think they got better. I think they got better. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fair to say they got better, but it's, you know, it's fair to kind of wait and see as well because you have no idea how they're going to do, but uh, you know, so far uh, on paper, it's looking good. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like draft picks. You just kind of, kind of wait and see how it plays out. But uh, on the surface, yeah, it definitely looks good. All right, so the other thing that everybody was waiting for, and I know Joey has some thoughts on this, so I want to hear him, Joe. The other thing everybody was waiting and clamoring and clamoring for on, on draft or on the trade deadline day, again, they made that trade. Uh, they traded Clevenger away in the morning. There were still hours left until the deadline happened. So immediately the inter- internet blows up with, well, okay, now it's time to send some of these prospects off and bring back an outfield bat. And again, we talked about Joey Gallo. We talked about a couple other options. Well, none of that happened. The Indians didn't make any other deals, uh, and they um, and they wind up with what they wind up with, which is uh, looks like you're going to have Josh Naylor in left field for the rest of the season. You're going to have a combo of Delino DeShields and Oscar Mercado, who got called back up in center, and you're going to have Tyler Naquin and Jordan Luplo uh, platooning wow. as well. So, hey, so how, okay, were you, were you what? How good has Tyler Naquin been, by the way? Well, another he's got another home man. run tonight, a two-run bomb tonight. Yeah, an- an- another home run tonight. I mean, he has, he's improved so much as a hitter, as a hitter the last couple of years. I was soured on Tyler Naquin a couple of years ago, but man, oh man, is he looking good. Well, I feel like anyway, the last, sorry, I feel like the last two years he's done this. He starts the year really well, and then he gets hurt, and you don't see him again. So right. I hope he stays healthy, but... I don't know, Joe. So you you had some feelings on this. There was a lot of aggression by Indians fans on trade deadline day because they didn't make that extra trade to bring in another outfielder and get another outfield bat. How are you feeling about that? One, know your front office. Um, they're not going to get that bat. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not you know gonna that happen. bat. That it ain't bat, your it's bat. Not happening. You're, the team you got is pretty much the team they're going to work with. Um, I, I think as an Indians fan, you have two options you can be a team that is perennially good and might win a world series uh for the next i don't know let's call it the next six years from now it's already been six what is six years or so we've been on this ever since tito came over um that we've been in an open window um i think the dolans are trying to keep that window open as long as possible so you can have that or you can sign that big bat and then have to cut payroll cut payroll cut payroll to afford that big bet and then become the tigers or we could sell prospects and start someone like matt harvey and who gets shelled for three home runs by the indians like you you either have a window that's open for longer giving you that small chance of getting that world series birth getting that world series victory or you're just going to go into this rebuild phase and i think that's what they're trying to prevent is they're trying to prevent the rebuild phase keep this team above 500 as a buying team for the next five, six years. Uh, and as an Indies fan, I think that's all you can really hope for. Yeah. I think you bring up an awesome point and listen, I am, I'm as hard at, on, on the unwillingness and I will be, I'm, I'm going to continue to be, and I know what's coming with Francisco Lindor. I think all of Cleveland does at this point, I'm still not okay with it. Like I know it's coming. I'm not, I'm not dumb. 
I'm not naive. I'm not okay with it. Because when you develop your own prospects, you should, when you get a, a, a generational player like Lindor, a franchise face of the franchise, you, that's the point where you say, we got to keep him. We, we've developed him. We got to keep him. You don't let him walk in his prime. So that's going to piss me off no matter what. It's going to piss me off. It doesn't piss me off that they don't go out and sign random players from other teams and make big splashes in free agency because that's never going to be what they are. But I think you bring up a good point. I don't know that there's a, I don't know that there's a downturn in sight for this Indians team like they experienced in the early 2000s. Like, I don't think that exists the way that they continue to build. I think this front office, and I, and I think you said it right, it feels to the fans like they're just content with contending for a divisional title and making the playoffs. But the other thing about baseball is once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Once you make the playoffs, you see it every year. Every year, wildcard teams make deep runs into the playoffs. Every single year. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. So I do think that they are incredibly smart in all the moves that they make, that they're always bringing back, like this trade with the Padres. They didn't just bring back Major League Baseball-ready talent, and you did get outfield help. But you got three guys in the minor league system that were like top 10 prospects with the Padres that you're always constantly working to make sure you don't ever go into that just horrible slump again. I can't see it happen. I can't see that slump. Even if they get rid of Lindor, I don't see them going into one of those slumps. And, and don't forget, people, you know, for those who might sour on the Padres, the Padres are known, like well-known, as one of the best farm systems oh, yeah. in, in all of sports. In any sport. They had the number uh, one rated get, farm system. Yeah, number one rated farm system. So, uh, you know, like, again, on paper, it's no slouches. They're, they're no slouches. But, the, you know, this Indians organization is very fortunate to have uh, so much pitching depth to where they can trade from because I think that, you know, that's how they keep building this. You know, they're, 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 as long as they're able to think about the present and the future – and still be, have enough guys to trade from their strength, they're, they're not going to bottom them out. Well, here's, not the, bottom here's out. the other thing. Like, if you want to know what pisses me off about the Indians outfield, it isn't that they didn't go out and get an outfielder at the trade deadline. It's that you keep trotting out these players that suck ass. Like, <laughs> sorry, but, like, Jordan Luplo needs to just go because he ain't hitting righties or lefties at this point, and he's not good in the field. Jordan, Jordan Luplo, much like Domingo Santana, and I was really willing to give Domingo – I was still, by the time they cut him, when they cut him, I was like, oh, okay. I was still kind of riding the Domingo Santana train because he at least had a track record. That guy sure. that guy had been productive in Major League Baseball for years. Sure. I was, when, we traded for, when we traded for Luplo, it was, it was, oh, he can mash left-handers. But that was it. Like, you didn't hear anything else about right. it. Luplo, Luplo should have get, been given his stuff as soon as Domingo Santana was. Like, Luplo can go. Uh, and, uh, you know, you might be a Luplo fan. That's okay. I'm not saying anything bad about him as a person, but the dude, the dude's not producing at all. And he's where, not. And, where is where is friend of show Daniel Johnson? Where is Chris? he? Where is no, he? No, for real. For real. Yeah. Where is yeah. Daniel Johnson? Because <laughs> Oscar Mercado, not producing. Delino the Shields, 
not producing, although I do like it. I, I like Delano to Shields. I, think I like him defensively field. out there. Yeah, but I, I think he's also I, I like him at the plate. I think I think he's just a little adjustment away from being productive. So I don't want to say anything too bad about Delano DeShields. But like, would you rather have De, uh, Daniel Johnson up on this team, getting some at bats, getting some cracks, or would you have rather have Jordan Luplo out there? Uh, Daniel Johnson. <laughs> Daniel I Johnson. Think you have to think about that. I think if this season is a full season, I think he gets a chance after this deadline. I think. Uh, unless there's an injury that requires another outfielder to be called up or someone just absolutely tanks or they finally DFA Luplo, um, I don't think he comes up this year. I would love to see him up, but I think he's better. Be I, he is better than I know Jordan he is, But I think, I think with a short sense. season, I think they have to be, this is our decision. We're going to ride this team out and we're going to go to the playoffs with this team. Well, and here's the thing about I the mean, Indians. I, if they hit on pitchers, they – have a pretty bad track record on outfielders. Oh yeah. my God. Finally, oh Naquin. Finally, Naquin looks like, looks like Naquin, Tyler Naquin should play every game unless Tilly needs a rest. He should play against righties and lefties for the rest of the year. He's been great. But Oscar Mercado looks lost out there. And I know he's young, but he looks lost. Uh, remember when it was Bradley Zimmer and Clint Frazier and those two were in the minors yeah. and it was like, oh my God, that's our outfield of the future. Right. Uh, and when we traded Clint Frazier, which was still a good trade, I don't know why people still just people are dying to get Clint Frazier back. And I'm like, I mean, I, I mean, he's mashing right now, but I but mean, he does that every year. He mashes right. for like a 20 game stretch and then he's terrible. Yeah. But uh, now Bradley's Bradley Zimmer is like the worst player that we have in the sit. Like what's going on? So they're outfielders, Greg. Allen never turned into the player Greg Allen was going to turn into. So I'm, I'm not trying to put the, the, the jinx on Daniel Johnson. I want him to succeed, but man, like that. And this all leads me into this offense because it's offense and all that, like it's, it's outfield, it's infield that all leads me into this offense. You look at this freaking offense. You got Cesar Hernandez, good hitter. You got Jose Ramirez. You got, Frankie, you got Fran Mill. You like you have got just all kinds of offense out there. And the the truth of the matter is, the fault of this offense lies with every single one of them, because oh, yeah. Francisco Lindor is as he's been on a tear lately, but he is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Oh, Jose oh, Ramirez is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, these guys are not producing at the level that they're supposed to be producing. So everybody's all worried about this offensive help. But if those guys would produce – and listen, even the bottom of the order, guys, you cannot be hitting 180. No. You need to no, produce but, somehow. Mike, this is, what, this is what has always been the problem with this Tribe offense. Ever since Lindor and Ramirez, you know, ever since 2016 or 15 or whatever – They've they have always been this way though. Mike has been so streaky. They they they've never shown a merit of consistency. They could be up for fifteen games and then they could be down for 10, 10, 11, 12, 6, at whatever. They are streaky hitters, and that's why the start for them was so important this year in this sprint of a season because they don't have time. You can't afford to slump offensively in this sprint of a season because you could find yourself behind the eight ball and out of the postseason. So 
you need to figure it you know there's no time you you have to figure it out quickly you've got to hit the indians they're gonna go anywhere everybody loves to talk about how pitching wins and it does you have good pitching it keeps you in every single game that's what the indians have the indians are in every single game they play most games the indians play they have the lead for some part of that game but you have to have offense you are not going to run into some of these playoff teams in the American League and be able to score one or two runs a game in a playoff series and win. You're yeah. not going to do it. When you're when you're losing games two to one, three to two, one to nothing, it's certainly not the pitching's fault, that's for sure. No. <laughs> so let's talk about the pitching for a minute. Let's talk real quick before we get off the Indians. Let's talk some good news, fellas. Um, should they just should they just gift wrap it? Put it in some bubble wrap, put it in right. some nice wrapping, put a UPS right. label on it, and just yeah. send the Cy Young to Shane Bieber at this point? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Send it to his uh, freaking rocket launcher of a wife or a girlfriend, whatever it is, <laughs> and just have it waiting for him when he gets home. She, <laughs> and, run, and she like launches a, rockets? She launches rockets. Like, that is how hot she is. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, just send that to his to, to his girlfriend and just leave it there. Have it have it on the mantle, uh, waiting for him when he gets home this year. Because like he can't he not has, win it, can he? Like he, he he has been nothing short of incredible. He's got what maybe five starts left, maybe a sixth. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think he unless he like just totally forgets how to pitch. I don't think it's possible that he's not the Cy Young, right? Am I like, this is this this is one of the, and I know, so the pitching is certainly the area that is going to be affected most, I think, by, especially starting pitching, going to be affected most by the start, uh, the shortened season because it's going to kind of make everything look bigger and grander than what it is because they're only playing every five games. But like, this this should go down as one of the great performances in the history of baseball. Like this performance, well, it is, it is already. I mean, it's the most strikeouts by any, any Indians pitcher through this many starts. Like this performance by Shane Bieber is the most insane. Like this, this takes what Corey Kluber did and makes it look average. Yeah. What has he got? I don't like know. Five runs against him all year. Oh my gosh. It's insane. It's, and it's, it, it's so funny because he'll struggle. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, oh, Bieber like doesn't have his good the, stuff. He gave up one run last night. Like the, the game on Tuesday. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I, I just uh it's it's pretty incredible to think that when you factor in the Kluber years, he goes and and I'll be honest with you, Corey Kluber and Shane Bieber have the same storyline. It's the same damn arc. When Corey Kluber first came up to the Indians, it it wasn't like, oh man, they're bringing up Corey Kluber. You know, kind of like Tristan McKenzie is, where it's like, he's like our number one pitching prospect. When Corey Kluber came up to the Indians, it was like, oh, Corey Kluber, he's, he's been pretty good in the minor leagues. Let's see what he can do. And he just turns into one of the best pitchers in baseball for like a seven year stretch. But that's kind of how Shane Bieber, when they brought Shane Bieber up, it wasn't like, whoa, baby, Shane Bieber's coming up. It was like, oh, Shane Bieber's decent. And all of a sudden they get up here and they develop in, him into just the best pitcher in baseball. 
Right, and this is and this is what uh, where this you got to give credit to this Indian scouting staff. And like I said, you know, you don't see this coming, and people may not know that the depth this organization has in pitching. But Shane Bieber was a fourth round draft pick. His expectations of becoming what he is today were not that high, but he developed into the pitcher that he is today. And, and it's just it, it was just a really cool story to watch. Hey, would you quit watching and talk? No, I'm I'm, I'm watching Nick Wickren. Dude, it, the other thing that just keeps killing, before we get off the Indians, the other thing that just keeps freaking killing my soul is that we lost Emmanuel Clase before this year. Because Nick Wickren, Daniel Johnson told us on this podcast that Nick, yeah. Nick Wickren is the hardest pitcher in the Indians organization to hit off of. Uh-huh. When they're doing scrimmages and stuff, and he goes up against Nick Whitgren, filthy, dirty. Right. Daniel Johnson right. told us that, and he has been that. And look at him. He just, what, a 10-pitch inning in the eighth? James uh, yeah, Karinczak. Any, any, uh, and, and any, any man with a goatee like that is going to be amazing, okay? And I know James James Karinczak had, uh, has had two rougher starts in a, or rougher appearances in a row now. His, his command has not been good. But that was his MO coming out of the minors. But I just think, like, the way the Indians are set up right now, Brad Hand has been great this year. So the, the way the Indians are set up, you should have had Whitgren. You should have had Karen Shack. Again, if you don't know about Emmanuel Clase, who will be back for the Indians next year, please go Google him or watch YouTube videos of him. He throws in a 102-mile-an-hour cutter. It's the dirtiest pitch I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, he should have been pitching for us in the bullpen. And Hand, you had a situation where it reminds me of what the Indians had in 2016. Hey, starters need to get you five innings, and the bullpen's going to go ahead and take it from there. And uh, at least that's something for us to look forward to in future years. But, man, it kills me that Clase got busted for, for some kind of performance enhancer and has to miss this whole year because he would have been – an incredible addition to this bullpen. Bring steroids back to baseball. Yeah. Listen, that's that's Chad's that's Chad's war cry. Oh my God! Baseball is so much more fun on steroids. Who cares if his balls shrink and his head got bigger? Allow Crosby <laughs> to play. All right, <laughs> let's keep it in baseball real quick, uh, and let's just go to uh, another topic that we've had fun with in the past in baseball, which is. Unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, This week, the other big story that happened this week was the Yankees and Rays uh, uh, squared off, and Araldis Chapman decided to just start slinging baseballs at Rays players' heads. And it's the – I just – the reasoning behind it is because one of the pitchers for the Rays two years ago hit one of the Yankees, and then he was throwing up and in in this game, and the Yankees didn't like it, so they were crying. Listen, the only thing that I care about with all this, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I think the biggest bitch move in all of baseball is the automatic, the intentional, the bean. I think, like, of, I don't give a, I don't care how many bat flips a guy does. I don't care how many home runs or whatever. When you chuck a ball 
102 miles an hour and it goes behind somebody's head. Like, I, I feel like you should get arrested for that. Yeah. 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 That's like, a, that's like attempted assault for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're endangering someone's life at that point, especially if you, do, if you hit them in, you know, the right part of the face. I mean, that, that helmet only covers so much. So, I mean, if you are chucking uh, 102 mile an hour fastballs right at a guy's head, you should get your ass kicked. Sorry, you should get you should get punched in the face. It's like it's like the only unwritten rule <laughs> that, that 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 I agree with is is that you fight a guy that that, that <laughs> you fight a guy who throws balls at your head. Well, listen, you we crush these dudes for taking performance enhancers, right? Chad, that's your that's your thing. That's your that's your that's your crusade in life is let's bring oh my performance god. enhancers. We but, oh my god. It, it, Oh, yeah, please. please like, think about anyway, it. Sorry. Emmanuel Class A is missing this whole year. Yeah. Because he got caught with some performance enhancers. They should be crushing dudes. If you determine that a pitch was thrown, like at or above the middle of the back and up, a fastball with intent, if you determine that was with intent, now listen, sometimes you're just going to be in some guys. It happens. But if you determine that it was with intent, those guys should go for those long periods of time too. I hate sure. that. I hate that. Sure. Quit throwing sure. it, guys. It, it, it is it – is, people act like it's this old-school, tough part of baseball, like it's hockey and fighting. No, it's, it's a bitch move. You gave up the home run that somebody bat-flipped on, or you gave up the, 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 the hit where the other team took the lead and they yeah. celebrated too much for your liking – and so you got mad and you threw a baseball 90 some miles an hour at the, that person. That is, yeah. that is the worst of the worst moves. Those people should get, they, they, they should be suspended. That yeah. should be like a PED suspension. Yeah. Fighting, fighting is hockey's way of policing itself. You know, in baseball, beating a guy, especially throwing at someone's head, is just a bitch move. I totally agree. And a Robert Chapman is kind of why a don't, bitch. Why don't people, Bat flip. So let's say you hit a bomb off somebody, and then you bat flip, and then the pitching staff gets mad at you and they throw at you and hit you. Why aren't people bat flipping that? Oh, that would what be great. That? Like on your right? way to first base, just bat, yeah, just flip, bat that flip that shit. Take a nice, <laughs> nice two and a half mile an hour walk to first base. I love it. Right. What about what about Mason Baumgartner? What about Mason Baumgartner? I think I think I think we need to bring or some Madison? petty some pettiness back to baseball. Oh, I love I love the idea of getting intentionally hit and bat flipping listen. and walking to walking to first base. Yeah, just walk. <laughs> you know, you know. Listen, listen, listen. Get hit, bat flip, walk to first base on steroids. Can you imagine the roid rage? The roid rage. On the way, it would be amazing. I just don't like how. Okay, I don't like how it's only on batters to be polite. Like the only thing, right the only people that anybody gives a shit that they're polite are the batters. If right. you're a hitter and you hit a home run, you have to lay your bat down and you have to run briskly around the bases. Don't take too long. Don't look at the pitcher. Don't look at the first baseman. Right. Don't look at the third baseman. If you give your right. third base coach a high five the wrong way, that's a problem. Don't certainly don't look at the catcher when you cross right. the plate. And when you do cross the plate, run your ass back to the dugout. In the meantime, Madison Bumgarner can strike somebody out in like a big situation of the game and he can like suck it, chop them 
and like pump his fist and like scream <laughs> off the mound. And the batter has no repercussion on that. The batter can't throw a pitch at him later in the game. He can't just right. stand in the box and chuck his bat at him. Right. No, it's like it's like the people. It's like the people in the NFL or uh, who say NFL players should uh, should just act like they've been there before and just give the ball to the ref, <laughs> give the ball to the ref and go back. No, let him have some fun. Shut up. You never fun. you never know when that's going to be the last touchdown you ever score. Right. You never right. know when it's going to be the last home run you ever hit. Right. You're pumped. Why because do we you know care? Why? Because he did a good thing. He yeah. did a good thing. It's part of the entertainment. It's part of the entertainment. You did good. To entertain us. I know. Yeah, it's supposed to entertain us. I okay. I don't. God. I'm all for bad flips. I'm all for celebrations. I'm all for. I'm. I'm all for all of that. Uh, and I. And I hate this nonsense. And again, it's this like. I guess the other reason I hate, especially the baseball on like the pitching front. The other reason I hate it is they're so protected. No, you can't oh, do yeah. to a pitcher. Right. You can, you can right. get back at him, but he can stand up there and chuck fastballs at your head. Right. Oh, right. oh, I hate right. that. I hate that. Yeah. Just, you know what moment flashes in my mind when you just said that? It's uh, the Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan fight. Oh, Nolan. Just, <laughs> uh, the headlock. Yeah. Well. Just let, it, just let him duke it out. Let him duke it out in, 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 on the mound. All right, let's leave baseball. And let's go okay. into a topic that you and I have had a uh, a good time. What'd you call it a good time with? A, good, a time. good time. Big Ten football. We, we had a spirited debate. Big Ten football. Woo! Listen, I, I know we're going to hear it. I'm, I'm going to bring up a couple things on this um, subject. Okay. But I, I know okay. we're going to hear if, if enough people listen. Somebody's going to text us. Keep sports out or keep sports and politics apart, whatever. Listen, Donald Trump oh, put himself into sports. Yeah. He apparently set up a call with the Big Ten. And after that call with the Big Ten, there are rumors. There is nothing officially happening. There are rumor, rumors that the Big Ten is going to try to push up and play football sooner than they expected. So maybe yeah. not in the spring, maybe in December, maybe in October, some people are saying. You've got right. uh, some Cleveland sports people that I'm not going to call out on this podcast because I don't feel like getting into that, but dying on this hill. But, like, what? Why, what? why do we have to make this? Why do we have to make this a thing? What, Trump called? What's he doing? The only, the only reason he's trying to do that is for votes. If he can, if he, it, it, it's just like why he's, I don't know, pushing. This vaccine narrative. He's just doing it for votes. It's not genuine. I mean, it's a, he's doing the politician. He's doing the campaigning thing. It's smart. It's smart on his part because if, because if he does play whatever small part in, in bringing Big Ten football back, it's smart because, oh, hey, maybe I'll get some votes out of it. It's all for, for campaigning and, and, and why, voting purposes. This is why he doesn't genuinely he doesn't genuinely want to bring Big Ten football back. I should oh, say shit. this is why I hate American politics because I actually like politics. I like I like looking at politics. I like I like being informed in politics. I like being political. I like that. But like, it's why I hate American politics. If, <laughs> what's if, your favorite? What's your favorite politics? What's your favorite? Like you're like, are you really into French politics? Like, <laughs> I, I think, I think like, no, here's what I mean. 
I mean, I think the current system that we have here is just set up to make us all stupid. Like you either, <laughs> you okay. either think this way or you think this way. And if, you, if there's a middle ground, you just have to pick a side and make it that way. And I don't know. Oh, three run bomb, Naquin. Tyler Naquin with two bombs in this game. Are you kidding me with Tyler Naquin right now? Well, there's your insurance run. Hey, okay, don't. Anyway, why sorry. are you throwing Tyler Naquin a, a fastball at the knees? He mashes that. Sorry. Anyway. Anyways, uh, I, I, the thing I hate about it, if we're going to relate it to sports, is that for, and again, you can do this to every single administration going back, but for like eight years under Obama, I had to listen to everybody that didn't like Obama talk about oh my God, what's he doing wasting his time on the golf course or wasting his time filling out March Madness brackets? Nobody cares about his March Madness picks. He's got more important things to do. And now it's the opposite. And now it's, here's Trump like getting involved in college football. And people are like, well, that's important. That's important what he's doing right there. The other things aren't important, but that's important. Like... (laughs) Dude, and he's going on the golf. He's going on the golf course way more than Obama ever did. No, I don't. I don't give a shit. Listen, any business person. This is what kills me. Any person that works in business, high level, high level CEO, executive level business people, they work on the goddamn golf course. They all yeah. do. Every single one of them. My company, your company, his company, everybody's company works on the golf course. The president works on the golf course. Trump did, Obama did, Clinton did, Bush did, other Bush did, Reagan did. They all work on the golf course. Like, I don't know why we do this every freaking president. Like, every president, we got to hear the other side. He always oh, out there golfing. Yeah, it's because they all do it. They all golf all the time. That's what they do. Uh, um, American politics suck. I think I'm really just going to pay attention to Saudi Arabian politics. I would get into Icelandic politics if I were you. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I don't know. I just much better system can we not can we not uh, uh, just this whole thing of like uh trump's bringing back big 10 football no he ain't no that's not how that worked no it's for votes it's all nothing else other than votes all right if if you're trying to tell me that he's cares whether big 10 football plays this fall or not no that's bullshit all right let's bring it back into cleveland sports we don't want to even get into this anymore let's bring it back into cleveland sports let's go to the browns for a minute shit we are like a go. week away from the Browns. We are right. just over a week away from the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens kicking things off. Here's the news from the Browns this week because there hasn't been a lot of it. Um, obviously, there's been some injuries in camp. We're going to talk about that for a second. Uh, by all accounts and purposes, though, offensively, they look good. Uh, lots of weapons, lots of uh, Harrison Bryant uh, winning the like best camp award. Uh, looks like he's right. a player. Uh, I still wouldn't be surprised to see David Njoku out of here uh, sooner than later. But the big news comes from Charles Robinson talking about Jadevian Clowney this week. Mm-hmm. And obviously Jadevian Clowney has been a name that's been tied to the Browns pretty much this whole offseason. And so they're talking about Clowney, and he's only getting one-year deals. 
And then uh, Yannick Ngakwe gets traded up to from Jacksonville to Minnesota and like takes a pay cut and he's at like $14 million. And Clowney's out here talking like he wants way more than that. And so uh, basically Charles Robinson saying like the whole defensive end, like pass rusher market is not in Clowney's favor right now. And he's still right. they're looking. And then he goes, he starts listing the teams that have, are interested in Clowney. He's talking about Seattle. He's talking about uh, the Titans. And he's talking about nobody's willing to give him more than one year, except for the Browns, who he right. comes out and says made Jadeveon Clowney a one-year, a two-year, and a three-year deal, all at right. $17 to $18 million. Right. What? Right. And he didn't right. take any I, of those? Right. I don't, I don't know who this dickwad is waiting for. Uh, like, whether it's the, the, the Jets, which apparently the, that safe – from Seattle that got traded over to the Jets. Apparently, he talked to Jadavion and he wants the Jets to come get him. Like, I don't know if he wants to end up in, in a bigger market. What? In Tennessee or Seattle? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll, all I know is he can he can stay away from my Browns. He can stay the hell away from my Browns. You don't want to be here? Bye bye. Take it easy. <laughs> I think uh, probably. He's not getting the guarantee he wants if I were to guess on why he's not signing a deal with Cleveland, but it's because the dude is a fragile glass bowl and we were playing football and the poor guy, I mean, I don't know the guy, but he's got to have just a slew, a massive resume of injuries. Uh, and I don't know if like they're going to give him the type of money that he wants. I just can't. It, 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 it's obviously not about money, right? Like, it's, it can't be about money. It's got to be. Just, I, the only thing I can think of is a guarantee. I mean. He turned down $51 million from the Browns? Guaranteed? <laughs> what? I don't know if it's guaranteed or not. You, you have the potential for $51 million and no other team is out there willing to offer you 12 or 13 Like, and I get it. Listen, uh, it's the same thing as Logan Ryan everybody's over here talking about Logan Ryan. How did he not join the Browns? The Browns wanted him, blah, blah. He might not have wanted to come to the Browns. Not everybody wants to come to the Browns. It's fine. And it isn't always, it isn't always this insecure shit that Cleveland fans do to themselves. It isn't always because they don't like Cleveland. It isn't always because of that. It's, I don't know. They might've wanted to go somewhere else. Maybe Logan Ryan wanted to go play like Chad said to us before we came on here. He wanted to go play for his old coach with the Giants. Uh, okay, cool. Like, go do that. That's fine. It, it's not an insult to us every time a player doesn't sign here. It's the same thing with Clowney. I mean, like Chad said, if you don't want to be here, you don't want to be here. Fine. But uh, I just thought it was very fascinating that uh, the Browns offered him deals that teams were not willing to offer him. Multiple years. No team out there is willing to offer him multiple years. <laughs> but but there's the Browns going one, two, three years. And he was like, yeah, nah. So uh, I would imagine – I also don't wonder if he doesn't – if he hasn't called the Browns back yet and been like, hey, so nobody else has given me more than like one year, 12 million. Any chance you still got that three-year deal on the table? Hopefully like, not. he's, he's got to come back to it. Right. I would still take him. Like, I know, I know, 
I would still take him. Week three, he's down. He's got to be down by week three. I don't wish injury on anyone, but like the dude has never played a full season. I would still take him. I know he's not, but you still, like at this point, if you signed him, it's not like you're just going to cut Olivier Vernon at this point. So now he's just more like you got Clowney and Garrett and Vernon out there doing things. I don't know. I would still take him. Yeah. But anyways, uh, let's go on uh, while we're still on the Browns. Oh, go ahead, Chad. I don't need, I I don't want Clowney here. Uh, Even if he takes, (laughs) even if he uh, calls the Browns back and says, is there, is that three-year deal still on the table? Because he clearly judging by the reports now, he clearly does not want to be here. Whether he doesn't like the city, whether he doesn't like the organization, whether he doesn't like anything. I, I, I don't want another player here that, that is here for the paycheck. I don't, I don't need another. Well, that's a good, that's here. a good point. That's a good point. So I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think it's good for the culture here. If, if he signs here now. So I I've moved on from Jamie Jadavion Clowney and I hope, the Browns have too. I mean, it seems like they have, but I, I hope they he doesn't end up on this team because it just doesn't seem like he's motivated to play here. Personally, I would still take him, but but that is a good point. That's I mean, we've dealt with Kenny Britt and and Dwayne Bowe and these players that signed here got their deals and then just were trash, just ultimate trash. Dwayne Bowe is the worst football player I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, the only thing I even will ever remember about Dwayne Bowe is that he was part of like the, when they changed the uniforms, he was part of like the, the group of Browns that came out to reveal the new yeah. uniforms. Oh, check it out. But yeah. Like, like a rapper now, isn't he, isn't he a rapper now? <laughs> I don't know. But if, if, yeah. if Jadavion Clowney was going to be like that, of course I don't want him. But I, I, I mean, I think he is talented enough uh, to come do some awesome things. I would still take him, but that is a good point. So uh, lastly on the Browns, a lot of talk on the safeties. So I want to talk about this for a minute because there's been obviously uh, Grant Delpit. Uh, he's out for the season. Uh, he, he hurts his Achilles and that's just uh, it's freaking devastating. I'm not devastated for the Browns. I'm not devastated for the fans. I'm devastated for that kid, man. Like that kid was going to be a starter. He was going to be, yeah. he was coming in off of a, off a national championship year at LSU and he was just going to kind of ride those vibes into probably what was going to be an awesome rookie season. And, and right. so I'm, I'm heartbroken for the kid uh, to not be able to experience that. Right. But like, right. here's the thing about the Browns. This is what people forget. Like the Browns built up safety depth this year. Yeah. You went out and signed safeties. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't Is Carl Joseph, what's his story? He's, he's back, right. Or he's almost back or He's not significantly he's hurt. No, he's not significantly hurt, but he has had some injury history over his career. Uh, but, you know, to your point about Delphi, it's it is really sad because there was a lot of people who were, you know, two the year before last, this past year, he was supposed to be, a, a, you know, a top 10, top 15 pick, but, you know, he decided to stay and play this year. And supposedly he played hurt, which caused a lot of doubts in people's minds. And he was, so he came in with a, huge chip on his shoulder i mean one of the best safeties in america and you know it, it really felt like that he was going to have a great you know have a great year have a have a great rookie season but it's it is a sad story mike but uh but i feel you know, like people it, forgot i feel like some people forgot like you signed carol joseph and he, he'll be fine for the year like he's gonna play 
Yeah. You signed yeah. Andrew Sandejo. Andrew Sandejo has been a starting safety in this league for several years. Right. Like, and knows Kevin Stefanski really well. He's not, he's not going to be, I, I shouldn't say this because who knows, he's not probably going to be a pro bowler, but like Andrew Sandejo is a good play, uh, a, a good safety. He's a good player in the league. So you got Andrew Sandejo, you got Carl Joseph, you've got younger guys that you were counting on last year. You got Sheldrick Redwine, who people thought there was talk about him being like a starter coming into this year. So now he's depth. There's depth at the safety position that every time people are like, oh my God, they lost Grant Delpit. What are they going to do at safety? Oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm like, they signed like like actual NFL legit starting players to play safety. Like, that's a position of depth that I don't know why people aren't talking about that. Well, I think the thing is people, you know, with a, with a torn Achilles, with a ruptured Achilles, like Grant Delpit has, I think that there is uh, speculation out there now, whether as to it's going to take Delpit more than one season to be able to come back from that injury. So, uh, you know, I, I think they do need, you know, I, I think that's where that comes from. I think they do need, uh, well, I'm, I'm just talking about this year. I'm years. talking about this year. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, if you're talking about this year, then yeah, we do have depth there. We don't need to sign someone this year. No, I think you're fine. I, you know, I, I, Would Logan Ryan have been sweet? Sure. Like, Logan Ryan's great. He's a, he's a good ball player. But, like, yeah. you've got, you got some pretty decent ball players. You've got more depth and safety than you've had in years this yeah. year. So, I, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that Grant Delpit went down, but like, I think you're okay at the safety position. I don't think you need to make some kind of rash decision to go pick up somebody else. I agree. So, all right. So Chad, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. We got a couple more topics to cover before we head out of here. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the Cavs. Um, I I still want to listen. I want to listen to, uh, I don't even care about giving them a shout out because they're they're one of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Pardon my take had Kevin Love on this week, and apparently it was spectacular. And uh, and I want to go listen to it. So uh, still haven't listened to that, but let's get into the Cavs a little bit. We haven't really had any reason to talk Cavs. Uh, Chetty Osman's out there being like a model on Instagram. Yeah, Andre Drummond uh, is out there being um, you know standing up for for things he believes in on the internet. And, and we, we have stood up with him on there uh, and, and he has given us some responses on that. So, uh, you know, the Cavs are just out there kind of chilling, uh, doing nothing, but in the meantime, lost in all this. And Chad, again, I know you wanted to comment on this. Uh, the jump man is going to be on the jerseys. The Cavs have landed a sponsorship with the Jordan brand. And so, yeah, the the jump man is going to be on the Cavs jerseys moving forward. So Chad, what's got you kind of thinking about that? First of all, congratulations to the salesman who sold that sponsorship. You just made a commission for quite a few number of years. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's not that I it's not that I hate it. I mean, the Jordan brand is iconic. It's absolutely iconic, and you know I don't see anybody who wouldn't want. Uh, Jordan brand sponsored, but you know, you know, people wear their shoes all the time. The thing is, I, I just, I, I'm curious as to what the motivation or the, the, the reasoning was behind it. I mean, I know money. I mean, I know money was a big factor. Well, that's like number I, one. Like I, to, like I totally, like I totally get it. But from like a PR standpoint, 
like, did you think that, like, I, and, I, and I'm not saying it's right that Cavs fans feel this way, but it's like, you, you probably knew that Cavs fans were going to connect the shot to this, right? Listen, listen. Like, like, I got thoughts on that, too. Let's talk about that. For you know a what I, Let's talk yeah, about You know that. what I'm saying? It's, it's, I don't hate it at all. I don't hate it at all. But from like a PR and marketing standpoint, I, 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 it's just kind of like, okay, okay, really? No. no. Okay. It's perfectly fine. Sure. Because the NBA is currently a young people's league. And okay. only us older fans, even Joey here, Joey, Joey wasn't even alive for the shot. So Joey, yes. uh, Joey, you, there's no way when I talk about Michael Jordan, you don't have a hatred in your heart for, nope. for Michael Jordan. Do you? No, no, of course not. Older Cavs fans, Cavs fans in their late thirties, forties, fifties and above. Of course, they've got that image of Jordan over Elo boom breaking their hearts i'm gonna tell you even for me what year did that happen 89 89 i was four i don't care about michael jordan like that doesn't even when i think about michael jordan that's not even one of the first 10 things that pops into my head i don't have the heartbreak of of what happened there it it's gone that's gone that is in the past the Jordan brand is a, sure. is a more effective brand in basketball than the Nike brand is. Jordan brand is more mm-hmm. powerful in basketball than Nike. So, yeah. And, 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 and the fans that the NBA is consistently marketing to are 15 to 40. Like, that's, that is the target market for the NBA. They love the right. older fans because they have money and they, they spend money down on the floor. But the, the target market is that young generation, millennials and even younger, uh, okay. that doesn't give a shit about the shot. You know, you know it fixes but. heartbreaks? Rings. Championships. I do have one of those rings. Uh, but <laughs> the only one. I, uh, yeah. Um, Chad's got them all. Well, but here's the thing. I, um, you know, I, I agree with that point, but at the same time, those older Cavs fans, you don't think they're teaching their kids about that? No. Okay. No. Okay. That you, don't think like the, that. you don't think, no. you don't think they're looking at that Jordan brand no. and, 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 and their, their dads are going, Oh my God, I can't believe they did this. Son, no. Come here. Let me show you this. No. You don't think they're doing that at all. Come on. I think some random ass moron is doing that, but I think the kid is probably watching that going, yeah, what do I care? Who the, who the F is Craig Elo? Like, and I love, I got a Craig Elo t-shirt, but like you think a 15 year old kid gives a shit about that. No, it's a great, it's hey, great marketing. Come on. I love it. I love seeing no, 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 no. it because I think the Jordan brand the Jordan brand, here, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. The Jordan brand is more iconic than the Cavaliers brand is. Sure. Sure. So, listen, absolutely. I, I, listen, I am not, uh, again, I, I'm not, I don't have anything against the move. But if, if you mean to tell me that as rabid as sports fans as Cleveland, as Cleveland is, 
that that these older guys aren't teaching the, the, their sons and their grandsons about this? I I I think I think you're missing the mark there. If you don't th- if you think people are miss if you don't think guys are telling that guys are telling their children that. No, because the other thing that you're missing it's out. Like, it's, it's like the other thing that you're it's missing. Like Browns- nope. Here's where you're missing this. This is where you're going wrong. Cavs fans. And the history of fandom for the Cavs in Cleveland is very different than the history of the Browns. Okay. So, so no, I don't think that's happening because I, frankly, I think the Cavs went through a, a very long period of time where they didn't really have a lot of fans. And, okay. and I don't think the old fans are going, Oh, I can't believe maybe again, there's probably like six of them out there crotchety old uh, to use a term from our friends over on the That's What Bees at crotchety old Dales that are like, ah, I can't believe they're putting Jordan on there. But no, nah, kids don't give a shit about that. And kids wear okay. Jordans. People are copping Jordans online and posting pictures of it. Like, look what I just scored today. And I'm like sitting here like you bought some tennis shoes. But like, sure. no, I, it has no bearing. Cavs fans will not boycott that at all. There will not be a problem with that at all. And actually, I think it's... Oh, 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 no, 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 no. I'm not saying boycott. I'm not, I don't think they'll boycott it. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I just, saw the, I just saw the reaction on Twitter today, and it just made me think a little bit. That's all. Speaking I have of no Jordan, problem with them putting Jordan. Speaking of Jordan, before we get into our last topic of the night, uh, pretty funny how Michael Jordan was the, the person that tied the whole NBA bubble season together. When it was starting to look like as teams were walking off the floor and they would not even show up for the beginning of the game and they were boycotting games, it was starting to look like, oh, you had guys like LeBron, you had the entire Clippers saying they weren't going to come back. Pretty interesting that a guy like Michael Jordan, who really, for the most part, caught a lot of shit over the course of his career for for not for not standing up for political issues, for not, for not standing up for human rights issues, for just Michael Jordan was the epitome of, listen, I'm, I stay out of all that stuff. I don't have an opinion. Don't ask me about it. And, and, and again, he caught a lot of shit over that uh, for the course of his career. Pretty interesting that as the players were discussing not playing uh, the rest of the season, apparently it was Michael Jordan that reached out and told them how important it was uh, uh, for them to to stick with it, and how their voices would be heard more if they stuck with the season. And 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 that brings me to this: I've seen several people on my social media pages over the last couple of weeks, really forever, but over the last couple of weeks, especially as this NBA thing has been going on, who continue to post things like. You're a millionaire because you bounce a basketball. Stick to Ugh. sports. We don't want to hear your opinions. Oh, stop it. And to those people, including people that are in my own family, and I want you to hear this real close. In your own family? Oh, yeah. Wow. Fuck off. Okay. All right. To those people that say that, that is my distinct message to you, is you sound like an asshole fuck off because those people that bounce basketballs for millions of dollars, you're showing me two things. You random people in my family and other people that are not related to me 
are showing me how insanely jealous you are that you can't bounce a basketball that well to get paid millions of dollars of it as you are the assistant to the regional manager of your local paper company and you are hey. just, and you are just sad that your life is going the way that it's going hey. and two in case, in case you're wondering <laughs> and two you're also the first person the first people that when other things tend to come up you are the one screaming about the first amendment and you're taking away our first amendment rights and those are our rights but when a basketball player tries to express his opinion on his platform or her platform for that matter as the WNBA has been amazing with this you come out screaming and hollering that these people shouldn't talk they should shut up and dribble and you sound like an asshole and you should stop because the whole world sees what you're doing and you're showing your true colors. Chad, you look like you're on the job. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 um, well, no, I totally agree. I mean, I tweeted this out uh, earlier. I, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but it was like, who better to fight the people you know, to fight for change and fight the people with the money than people with money. I mean, no, it, it, you know, it's no, no, no normal average Joe is going to be able to make change in this world, no matter how much they fight for it. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. But the people who are going to at least kickstart that change is going to be people with money. And these athletes have that platform to be able to kickstart that change. So why wouldn't you want And on top of that, and on top of that, it would be a goddamn sin if you had that platform and you thought, oh, I should just stick to dribbling, even though I care tremendously about that subject. It has, you can tell, you can tell it has eaten away over, over his lifetime about a guy, a, a, a guy like Michael Jordan. It has eaten away at him that he... Sure. didn't use his platform to speak out on more things. He has said that it has. It would sure. be a sin that you don't use this platform that your skill and your talent has given you to try to make a change in the world. But when you try to make a change in the world, that those people, like people in my own family, don't really want to see, yeah. then they're going to scream and yell that you're not qualified to speak on that topic. And it's of bullshit. Course they're qualified. Of course they're qualified. You have no idea what some of these athletes' backgrounds have come through. Like that piece of shit in the UFC, what is it, Colby Covington? Yes. Telling LeBron, telling LeBron to quit his privileged life and become a cop? Do you have any idea the background that LeBron came from? Right, right. <laughs> He doesn't need to be a cop to know how hard life is coming up. So don't, 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 don't do that bullshit. Okay. LeBron knows how hard it is growing up with, with not much going for him. So, and you just wish those people just wish they could be a fraction as good at their jobs as LeBron is at his or Andrew Davis 
uh, uh, Andrew Davis, Jesus, Anthony Davis. <laughs> 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 Lake Erie I'm Crusher, Andrew Davis. I'm <laughs> yeah, like you, those people wish they could be a fraction as good of what they do as somebody like LeBron, and they're insanely jealous. And they feel like, frankly, that is the uh, uh, supremacy speaking as far as I don't want to hear that minority talk about this topic. And it's, right. it's, it's garbage. They are way more qualified to speak on the topic than you are. And, I'm, right. and I mean that to all of you that think that Ashley, athletes should shut up and dribble. And yeah. Yeah. every time you say that, all that does is galvanize the athletes and the supporters like me to say, hey, stop shutting up and dribble. I want you to keep dribbling but I want you to talk as you do it. Sure. All it does is galvanize that thought. Sure. It's a, it's a, it's a racial microaggression. Like, I mean, they don't want to, they don't want to hear it from a, a, a black athlete. It just, just because they think, they think they're just, I, I don't need, you know what? I don't even know why. I mean, I think it's a microaggression, a microaggression. Jealousy. Oh, How many, how many times I, I want to hear this from you guys? How many times do you? I, I feel like it's not going to be many on Joe's side because Joe's really good about just disconnecting from this shit. How many times <laughs> do you type something on Facebook or Twitter and then just fucking delete it? Yeah, oh, I, I posted. <laughs> I posted on Instagram uh, this week, and my first post since 2018. So congratulations! Thanks. <laughs> hey, I just find again if you want that Instagram. kind of interaction with people, you can find him at Garage Beers Joe on yeah. Twitter. Just, yeah. Well, hey, I just made my own personal Instagram for the first time in, in yes, in, at Garage Beers Chat on Instagram. I think I think you eclipsed my. You posted about like twenty pictures in the first like three hours, yeah, yeah. and I think you had more well, posts. While we were calling a football game together. <laughs> right, right, because I was like, okay, I guess I should just build a following, but yeah, uh, dude. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to take away from your question there. How many times though? And this is more for Chad than Joe. Sorry, Joe. How many times do you type a response to somebody being just an ignorant douchebag on fa- on social media, Facebook or whatever, and then you just delete it? Like, nah. Oh, be- oh, oh, because <laughs> I feel like I spend all day it. doing that. Because it's not worth it. Because the thing is, you're if someone believes in a certain narrative, you're not going to convince them otherwise. All they're going to do is is push whatever propaganda on you that, and they're going to pretend that they're right. Everybody has their own different version of facts, and I, I, I just can't fucking stand it. I cannot stand it. So I, I, I the only time I ever engage with those type of people is if I, is if it just enrages me to the point where I just can't hold back. But other than that, I, I just I scroll past it all yeah. because it's just all bullshit. But I agree with you. Sometimes I'm just fed up, and I'm like, I'm looking for a fight. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Yeah. Let's, uh, to, to the athletes out there, whether you are a high school athlete, a college athlete, a pro athlete, your voice is every bit as valuable as anybody else's on this planet. Anybody. So speak up. Whether you believe in one thing or another, speak up uh, and, 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 and don't let these idiots put you down. Speaking of that, speaking of that, I, I do have an interesting topic to bring up. I mean, I know it's high school football, but did you see that Chardon story? Yeah. 
What do you think about that? Um, listen, I, I can't rightly sit here and say speak up mm-hmm. and then say that those people should be looked down. At. Listen, here's the thing. Like, we're going to get a little political for a second before we get into our last topic. Sure. But you don't have to be pro-police or pro-Black Lives Matter. Right. I am pro-police. Much right. like I'm sure Joey would tell you. His uncle is a sheriff. Right. Like, I love police. You can be I, I, I love I love what you. the police do. I think I think police should be paid better than what they are. I think they should be given more protections and training than what they are. I am very much pro police and and I'm also very much pro Black Lives Matter. I always will be. Right. You you are it is very possible to be pro police and anti-racist at the same time. It is Absolutely. very possible. Because most police are that. Yeah. Here's the thing. And here's the thing. The only reason I don't like, I I don't care what those kids did. I don't think people should be fired over that. That's, you know what? That's fine. Be a supporter of the police. The only reason I don't like it is that that flag or that symbol was made to offset Black Lives Matter. Right. It's 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 why yeah. when somebody looks at me and says all lives matter, I want to slap them in the face, because right. of course they do. But the only reason you ever said that was to offset Black Lives Matter. Right. The and, only and reason. And, and and when you say Blue Lives Matter, here's the thing that I don't like about that, because I am a supporter of the police, and I think they deserve the protections that they can get, and they risk their lives on a daily basis for our protection. There's a difference between black lives and blue lives, isn't there? Right. I was born right. black. 100%. Not me. I wasn't. But somebody <laughs> was born. And people are born black. They didn't have a choice. So black lives didn't have a choice. They are just inherently black lives. Blue lives, that's your job. There's no such thing as blue lives. You're not born blue. You picked that profession and you went into it. There's a difference there. Listen, you learn something new every day. I had no idea you weren't black. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that you weren't black. Hey, listen, I'm a part Um, of every community. No, I know. But, uh, you know, and and that's where I'm at, too. Like, I support police. Police lives absolutely do matter. But I do not agree with the actual movement because it was done in retaliation of Black Lives Matter. It's not like an actual... Move. It was just strictly done because people think that just because they're saying Black Lives Matter that, oh, it, it's something against the police. No, it, it, it's not. It's not. Police lives should be protected, but it, it, it's, the movement itself, I, I, I think, is – I don't even know what the right word, the right word to say is. But no, but it's, reta- it's retaliatory. Is, it's, 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 it's retaliatory, yeah. Yeah. Listen, again, I, I can't – I can't sit here and justify myself saying, hey, high school athletes, stand up for what you believe in. College athletes, pro athletes, stand up for what you believe in. And then say, oh, people should get fired because of the blue. I, I have certain feelings on it, but you know what? And, and this is the same thing. We should all support the police. And we should all support black people. And we should all support 
I don't know, everything, gay people and straight people and white people and Chinese people and whatever. We should all support everybody because it doesn't make sense not to. It's a waste of time. So if you want to run the blue lives map, the, 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 the blue line flag out there because you want to show some support for the police. All right, cool. Well, and that's the thing is I don't I don't like it because of why it was created, but like okay, go ahead and do your thing. And that's why I always say every issue for me, it's why I consider myself an independent, is because every issue is circumstantial for me. And supposedly the reasoning behind them, the the Chardon Hill, in case anybody's wondering, the Chardon Hill toppers, when they ran out there for their first football game, they 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 were carrying a blue line flag out there and, and, and you know the blue lives matter flag. And what the reason they were doing it, at least the reason they were reporting it, was in support of one of their coaches, who's a police officer, Ooh. and was on duty. And was on duty. That's a beautiful thing. T- and though, and I was on duty the same day that T.J. Lang would decided to go shoot up Chardon High School. And listen, so I have, did that in support of that coach. I have worked in Chardon High School, and yeah. and and the remnants of that tragedy still exist to this day. And it yeah. is it's a weird place to walk into still to this day. But do your thing. Support your coach. The only reason I don't like it is because that symbol was created to offset a movement for people that were battling for their own freedoms and against their own oppressions. So I don't like it. I don't like that symbol, but go support the police. We all need the police. We all call on them at some point. Right. And that's the thing. And that's why it's circumstantial. Like, I don't agree with that symbol, but I agree with the reasoning why they did it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. Like, everything is just that circumstantial for me. All right. Let's get off politics. Let's talk about our last subject of the night. We're going to spend just a quick amount of time on this. Uh, but, <laughs> ladies and, ladies and mother freaking gentlemen, <laughs> it has been weeks upon weeks upon weeks and months upon months since we have been able to talk about the one and only the legendary, the Tiger King, and his cohorts. And we have got some news on that today, as apparently I am going to be watching my first ever season of Dancing with the Stars. Because from the Tiger King, which again, if you remember, I saw a tiger. I saw a tiger. And a tiger saw a man. Oh my God. His beautiful and his what beautiful is, balls. What if Carol, what if, what if what Carol Baskin dances to a, a Joe Exotic song? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Chad, Chad oh just went. To, Chad just went from six to midnight. Oh my god! Because oh, what if what if she like made an excuse or I don't know somehow got Joe to get out of jail and like came to dance? She's her partner. He's in the same oh. life. Ah. <laughs> So if, if you didn't see it, Carol Baskin, the murderous bitch from Joe Exotic and the Tiger King, <laughs> is going to appear. Remember, she killed her husband. Like, again, we're going to go back to that. She killed her husband. In 100%. Tiger, right? it's just a, yeah, it's just a matter of where he's buried. All who, object, all who object to that thought say I. The nays have it. Carol Baskin killed her husband <laughs> yeah. and fed him to a damn tiger. And this woman is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Hey, all you crazy cats and kittens. I am so excited to watch this. If she doesn't, I'm going to be so pissed if she gets eliminated the first week. Can we do a bracket? Yes. 
Oh my God, please. Please, can we do it? Who else is going to be on there with her? Do we know? What other what other Somebody sports the what other the sports podcast is going to do a Dance with the Stars bracket? I feel oh, like hey, that, nobody, right now. that's that kind of content that you're only going to find here. Um, I think Vernon okay. Davis is on it. Uh, Johnny that. Weir, um, Nelly's see. on it. Oh, oh my God, Nelly, Nelly. All right, let's get some band aids on some faces. Some guy from the Backstreet Kyra Boys. Bass- I don't remember his name. Oh my God. Oh, here we oh, go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got Carol Baskin. We got P- Caitlin Bristow uh, from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. A- oh, AJ yeah. McLean from Dancing with the S- AJ McLean from Backstreet Boys. Anne Hesh. Anne Hesh. Yeah. You go, girl. You uh, go. Yeah. I don't know who most of these people are. Charles uh, Oakley. Charles Oakley. The <laughs> Charles Oakley. <laughs> Cleveland's own Charles Oakley. We should get him on. Yeah, let's go. Oh, my God. Actress and realtor, uh, Chriselle Staus from (laughs) from Selling Sunset. I swear, I I kid you not, my wife and I watch Selling Sunset. And I do watch that with her. And it is insanely entertaining. Yeah, I mean, she's an interior designer. Of course, she likes the houses, right? Right, of course. Of course. And I, I totally watch it with her. Uh, I'm, my money's on Charles Oakley. Let's go. Uh, but oh, yeah. Carol Baskin. So here's the deal. What man on that show is oh. like, yeah, I'll dance with Carol Baskin. Because you know, the minute you lose. He's dead. That, He's dead. <laughs> that cool cat and kitten is getting fed to a fucking ferocious animal. You're- Goddamn right, she's gonna lure him to her. I don't know, like like cat, like tiger banging cage, and like they're just gonna go nuts, and, and those tigers are gonna hump him and then eat him. He is done. <laughs> the old hump and eat. He's gonna be standing the, there, and it's gonna be like her and Chriselle, and they're both gonna be like in the bottom two, and they're gonna be standing there, and then they're gonna be like Carol. You have been eliminated. And she's just oh gonna look God. up and be like, release the tigers. And the tigers are just oh. gonna come in and attack the crowd. Oh she's <laughs> you know, she's gonna wait. She's smart. She's gonna wait mm. until he's back to her like zoo or what well, I don't know what he's She's gonna it, wait uh, like fifteen tiger. years. <laughs> I think wait, do you guys remember the movie? You remember the movie Gladiator? Here's what's gonna uh, happen. Yeah. She oh. is gonna set up. So that the floor opens up and tigers come out while she's dancing. Oh my god! But like I picture, like Carol, you have been eliminated. Then then she's gonna give like a squinty-eyed look over at him, like. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 still to this day, to this day, the best part about Carol Baskin is that she screamed and hollered about all these other places, (laughs) and she was like, "I run a big cat rescue." And her place is just the same goddamn place as any of the other places where she charges people to get in and she doesn't pay her employees, but hers is a rescue. With worse cages. With worse cages. Cages. All right. We're ending this on Carol Baskin. We're getting the hell out of here. We've talked about the tribe, the Browns, the Cavs, Jumpman. We've gotten into politics for some fucking reason, Uh, but we are going to get out of here. Joe, Chad, anything else you got to add before we leave? Yeah, next week, um, 
well, I guess the episode will be coming out after this happens, but we will be drafting uh, my follow-up to my whoop, championship whoop. season uh, fantasy football team. Right. Right. Uh, we'll be doing That's a right. live draft that will be a recorded draft by the time you listen to it. So, uh, <laughs> get- but Chad and I are going to help him. Yes. Yes, and I, I did win this league last year. Uh, it's a it's a work league. Um, I did very well. I don't know half the people in the league, um, but I absolutely smoked them. <laughs> I intend to smoke them again this year. I am the best fantasy football player, owner, manager. <laughs> Um, Ever. kicker, defense, Ever. I'm all of them. I'm sorry. They're the best. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You still play in the league where they have kickers? Yeah. What are you in? What is that, 2005? Well, just because you are not going to have kickers doesn't mean like other leagues don't have kickers. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't waste time with that. All right. So, we got a live draft coming up next week. Chad, anything before we go? No, no, I'm excited for next week because I love drafting in fantasy football. It's the best. That's the best part about fantasy football is drafting. That's so fun. All right, boys. Fantasy football next week. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. We're going to get ready for the Browns freaking season, which is going to start. Our next episode comes out night one of the NFL season. (gasps) NFL season starts. If you're listening to this on the Thursday that it drops, it starts one week from right now. That's right. NFL gets going. Uh, and we are so excited. So we're going to do all that again, uh, for, for Joey, you can find him on Twitter at garage beers, Joe for Chad. You can find him on Twitter at garage beers, Chad. And for me, Michael Keefe, you can find me on Twitter at garage beers, Mike, go follow the show at the garage beers, follow us on Instagram at the garage beers. You can also find us on Facebook as well. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Give us a subscribe, give us a like, and tell your friends, to come listen to the podcast. But for these guys uh, over all around Cleveland, we'll see you again this time next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having fun with us. And until next week, cheers, everybody. Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they snacking. What's happening? Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Venom to tigers, they snack it. What's happening? You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.